Welcome to the Life Well Lived podcast. I'm Kayla Brandon, a holistic health coach and wellness enthusiast. I am absolutely obsessed with learning about people who live their most authentic lives. In this podcast, you'll hear stories about those who truly live a life well lived and what they do mentally, spiritually, and physically to get there. Thanks so much for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump into your daily dose of practical advice on pursuing a life with purpose and passion. This week, I interviewed Juliana Meidel, the founder of Serenity at Home, a Michigan-based home organizing company. Her team works alongside clients to create realistic and customized organizing systems that are sustainable for them and their families. What I love about Juliana's approach is that she's focused on compassionately and efficiently guiding her clients through the process of decluttering and getting organized. And you can just hear that compassionate heart come through in this interview. In this episode, we discuss her career before becoming an entrepreneur, how to remove clutter and chaos from your life, the best systems to get organized, her advice for young moms, and so much more. Without further ado, let's get into it. Juliana, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm thrilled that you're here. Please help me organize my life, my house, everything. (laughs) Um, Before we get started, you know, those who might not be familiar with your work, tell us a little bit about what you do, maybe what you did before this career and and all of that. Yeah, well, thank you. So my name is Juliana and I am the owner of a home organizing company based in Rochester, Michigan called Serenity at Home. And we help busy families, oftentimes very busy moms, get their homes and their lives organized. And we also work with people who are in the process of moving and we help them declutter and purge their homes before they list their houses. We also pack, unpack, and organize in their new homes. Wow. I could have used you a few months ago. (laughs) We just moved. Um, Oh, yes. It is a big undertaking. Yes. Especially with kids. You know better than I. I mean, you have three children. They're grown yes. now. So you, I'm sure you remember those days when you just you just collect things over, over the time. It's so much stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That is the one thing. I miss lots of things about my kids being little, but um, I do not miss all the stuff. <laughs> I, I'm going to miss a lot of things about it, but I think it's like the stuff and the back-to-back illnesses. That's the one thing I'm in the midst of now. And it's just... It's rough. So I know there's a light at the end of the tunnel and your kids are grown now. And I'm sure you miss when they had little sniffles and in all the illnesses they brought home from school too. Yes. Yeah. I guess my, my oldest is um, almost 24 living in Nashville. And then Mm -hmm. I have a son who takes classes and lives at home. And then my youngest is going to be going off to college in the fall. Oh my goodness. Gosh. Yes. So many different, yeah, from a motherhood aspect, I feel like you you probably just have, your mind is in so many different stages of your children's lives. Like one starting school, one just ended school and is, you know, post-college, one still, you know, in the nest. And I can relate to that. I stayed at home and went to school at at Oakland University, which is local to where I grew up in Michigan. So I can totally relate to that. But I digress. I want to talk about you and your career first. Um, So you were working in marketing for a little bit, I know, before you delved into this industry. So I'd love to learn about your career in marketing and also kind of how you transitioned to the industry you are in today and and kind of what you learned from that world and how you're applying it to this world. 
Yeah, that's a great question. So I graduated from Michigan State with a degree in advertising, and I worked on the account management side in advertising for 10 years. I loved it. It was just an incredibly demanding career. And I had two small children and I had a husband who traveled all the time. And so it just got to a point where I decided I was going to stay home with my two kids. And so that was a, you know, I, I loved that. It was an incredibly difficult transition. I really missed working. Uh, but then, you know, I just adjusted to life as the stay-at-home mom. And I did that. I had another child uh, four years later after my son was born. And then as my kids started getting a little bit older, you know, of course I was the room mom and all that kind of stuff. And I dabbled in really, I would call little odds and end jobs. I worked at a store, I worked just small things. And then I just got to a point where I wanted something else. I loved the idea of starting a company. Um, and so, you know, as I was trying to figure this out, I actually originally started the company with a great friend of mine. And we both were really good at organizing. It was something that we really loved to do. We were good at it. But the other thing was we were both really passionate about helping people. And as we were really kind of just really at the same stage of life, our kids are getting older, what's kind of this next step for us? You know, we realized, wow, this idea of a home organizing business is this fabulous combination of these two things that really worked for us. And so we started the company a little over four years ago. Love it. It's been amazing. Um, unfortunately, my business partner after COVID had to go back to a corporate job, just different things in her personal life. It just had to, it just made sense for her. So since then, it's just been me running the company. She's my biggest fan and supporter, but it's not the same without her. Um, but since then, since kind of post-COVID, really the beginning of 2021, it's just been me. And I absolutely love this job. Every day is different. It's different people. It's different areas of a house. It's different circumstances. It's just, it's fabulous. I love it. Wow. I I love that you, it, it just goes to show that you never know where life will take you. And I'm sure you probably didn't anticipate this natural knack for organizing and then your previous career in like a corporate setting would ever really meld together. But I feel like you're using so many of your tools, especially in advertising, because you have a great website and fantastic social media presence. So it's, well, it's really you. cool to see how, yeah, like you've, you've really taken other skill sets from different phases and chapters of your life and applied them here. But then your business also probably wouldn't exist if you weren't a stay-at-home mom because stay-at-home moms, moms in general, but especially stay-at-home moms have to be really organized because absolutely that is their office. Their whole house is their office. It's their domain. They're the CEO of the home. So absolutely. Just, and having a husband who traveled a lot, through not not all the time when my kids were young, but there were definitely seasons during those years where he did travel a lot. And it really made being organized that much more important, honestly, to be able to kind of just make all of that work every day. And so, but absolutely kind of going back to the marketing, the advertising part of it, 
that part as far as just like knowing how to market myself, market the business, just different ways to approach things. You know, I wouldn't say, I mean, it's been a long time since I did it, but, you know, certainly I have a lot to fall back on. And so that has been helpful, yeah. but there's so much that goes into owning your own business. So the, the advertising and marketing is clearly just a tiny little bit of it. Oh, of course. Yeah. I'm sure. That it, I mean, I'm sure there's so much more than any of us really realize, but especially if you own like an LLC or anything yeah. like that, just from a financial perspective, I mean, tax season's coming up and it's just like, I can't even imagine doing my own taxes if I owned a business. It's hard enough doing them not owning a business. So right, um, right. I just have so much respect for business owners in that in that regard. Um, but back to your company. So if if people aren't familiar kind of like with what you do specifically, I know you mentioned, you know, organizing different parts of the home and then also like transitions, moving, um, things like that. Um, how can you help the audience understand like kind of your services and the benefits of having an actual professional come into their home and help them with these things versus, you know, reading a book like the home edit or watching something on Netflix or going right. on Pinterest? I feel like it's so different having a person in the house. It absolutely is different having someone come in because what what generally happens for people who are very overwhelmed in their homes, which is really a lot of the people that I work with, is their spaces, they're so overwhelmed, there's so much stuff, so much clutter. And when you are overwhelmed and there's so much stuff around you, you don't know where to start. And the problem is if you don't know where to start, then you almost never start, right? Because you just don't know how to get started, where to begin. So by bringing someone in, you know, the we offer a complimentary in-home consultation. So you, I go in, I'll meet with someone, we'll talk about the different areas that are causing them stress. And we really kind of put a plan together for them. So, you know, everyone's circumstances are different. And so someone may hire me simply to come in and take their nice pantry and make it look amazing. You know, uh, some people will hire us to come in and just say, look at this closet. I've got way too much stuff. I can't find anything. Help me with the closet. And so, for example, for doing a closet, the first thing we do is go with the client and you kind of go through all the clothes, everything in the closet. What do you want to keep? What do you want to get rid of? What maybe do you want to sell? What are we donating? We take care of all the donations. Um, so we do projects like that. We also do, uh, we do a lot of like basement storage rooms, right? That's an area that can get way out of control. And as life goes on, those areas, if you don't kind of keep up with them, all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're like, oh my gosh, I have a 20 year old and I still have a Barbie house in my basement that I'm not planning on keeping. It's just there. And so but having someone come in, it's kind of like the same thing. We have a process. So we go through everything. We decide what we're doing with everything. And then anything that's staying in the house, we organize and put it back. And we have a system of how we put things back and we label things and we put things in zones. So you're really creating systems so that people can maintain them moving forward. And you mentioned, you know, basements are a big one, the storage yep. room, um, pantries, closets, everything in between. So what are some of the most common mistakes you see people make when it comes to being disorganized, kind of hoarding things that maybe they 
don't really have any value in their lives now and they don't really have any sentimental value. So I guess my real question here is what are mis- what mistakes are people making who routinely have disorganized homes and invite that kind of clutter into their lives? So I think what I would say the biggest issue is that people don't purge things. And so you just keep too many things. And sentimental things are like a category, and it is definitely more difficult for some people versus others to keep or get rid of sentimental items. But even if you want to keep sentimental items, there's ways to store those, there's ways to keep them ways to set up systems so that as new sentimental items come in, it's very easy to put them away because you've now created spaces for those. So I think the biggest thing is just keeping up with what you have and when you things are outgrown or, you know, especially like clothes and toys with kids. Like if you're not keeping them thinking, I want to save them for a grandchild, you know, you can donate them, you can pass them on to friends, whatever. Um, And then I think the other thing I see a ton of kind of going back to the basement storage rooms is, you know, let's say we start updating parts of our house and we decide, you know what, I'm going to get rid of these pictures. I'm going to put something different on the wall. But you look at that and you're like, oh, it's still nice. I'm going to put it in the basement. Well, I guarantee you, if I came in 15 years later, it's probably still in the same spot in the basement. And so it's just kind of the idea that you don't need to keep everything, like give it to we really try very hard to find great places to donate items. I mean, some things will go to the Salvation Army and and that's where they go. But, you know, we have different charities and places that we like to donate to. And that helps people when they're having a hard time kind of letting go of things. But I think it's just not purging on a regular basis. Yeah, the I'd love to go back to that emotional part of it when I feel like it's really hard for some people, as you mentioned, not all, but some people have just such an attachment to things, whereas some people have an attachment to maybe places where a place reminds them of some a loved one maybe they lost or you know the birth of their child or something. But there's a there are there's a certain subset of people who they keep every little thing from yes. everything, and so I'm wondering um, how do you approach that as I mean, obviously your job is to help them get organized, but there's also that like psychology aspect of it to help them release it. And I know, I know you said that you donate to some organizations, but outside of that, are there any tactics that our listeners can kind of like walk themselves through to, to help them kind of let go of some of these material items that are cluttering their home? Yeah. I mean, I think some, some of it can be time just in that, you know, I work with, uh, people, really people my age, um, a little bit older who, you know, have lost parents. And so, you know, I go into a lot of homes where there's all the stuff from the parents and they've s- since passed on. And so at the point that that happened, a lot of that stuff may go down into the basement because you weren't ready to look at it, or you just were like, I can't, I can't get rid of that. And then as time goes on, you know, we can kind of go back and revisit it. Um, you know, and I just really like, you know, I get a feel for clients, obviously, um, as we start working together, I'm actually quite good, I think, at reading people and you kind of know when you can talk to them and say, well, come on, we probably could get rid of that. And then sometimes you just say to someone, you know what, 
let's set that aside. We can revisit it when we come back around the second time. You know, you just have to get a feel for how people are handling those types of situations. And it definitely isn't easy for some. And for other people, they're like, let it go. So <laughs> it's just kind of a little bit of everything. Yeah. I think the timing thing is is perfect that you mentioned that because it, it really is. Sometimes you just have to give yourself the time to reflect yes. and maybe it'll be a few weeks, months, maybe it'll be years that you revisit that painting mm-hmm. and you're like, you know what? I actually don't need it. And I have so many other memories that remind me of my loved one that passed away or or something right. like that. Um, so yeah, I think giving yourself the grace of time and just understanding that every season has its purpose. And sometimes you have to right. hold on to things and there is a season for letting go. So I'm there sure you're in is. you're in that business. So <laughs> absolutely. And then I think the other thing is it's just when you have a bunch of stuff you want to keep, it's really helping find the right ways to store those things, the right type of containers. Um, you know, leaving things in moving boxes is never a good idea. You never know what's in there. So if there's a lot of things they want to keep, that's fine. You know, we, but we put them in different containers. We label everything. We put them in certain places so that as they want to go back and look at those things, they know exactly where it is. And, you know, maybe in a couple of years, they're like, yep, you know what? It's been sitting in this container the whole time. I don't need it. Then they're ready to get rid of it. Yeah, absolutely. I think you hit on something that I was actually curious about myself. It's just the, just the aspect of, decluttering, organizing, and adding more serenity to their homes. Like I know that's part of your business. Um, What are some tangible tips, maybe your top three for the audience um, to declutter, organize, and just add more of that serenity, peace, and calm into their homes that maybe they're lacking right now because they're a little bit disorganized? Yeah. So I think when people want to look at getting organized, the first thing I would say is start small. You know, if you want to start tackling something, maybe the basement storage area or the garage is not where you go first because those are generally some of the most overwhelming spaces. You can start with a drawer. You can start with a small closet. And then, you know, the key is whenever we do anything, we pull everything out. We look at everything that's in there. We sort it into categories, figure out what needs to go back, and then set up a system before we then put everything back. So I think start small and then really just purge on a regular basis. I think that's probably the biggest thing is it's just, you know, as things go on, I don't need this. I I remember like, you know, with little kids, it's like they come home at the end of the school year and they come home with all this mound of artwork and papers and you know, crayons and markers and, you know, but but then you buy all that stuff new for the start of the new school year. So you don't need to keep all of that stuff. And so I think that, you know, kind of tackling it right then, um, you know, we work with clients, even like mail and things can get really out of control. So it's a lot of kind of setting up a system of when the mail comes in, get rid of everything that is not something that you need to keep put stuff into piles and, you know, we have containers and things of where we say, okay, this is what you need to do to get those bills paid or whatever. So it's just stuff like that. It's setting up the systems to set yourself up for success. And this might be a curveball, but you mentioned, when you mentioned dropping the mail, it reminded me of this. I I don't know if this is a, a 
phrase you've heard before, but drop zones. I heard mm-hmm. Yes. I feel like that's a home organization and like interior design term. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about drop zones and how we can use them to like to keep us organized? Because I think when you hear it, you just think, oh, you just drop something somewhere and then it's just a pile of mess. But essentially, from what I understand, it's where you naturally drop things is where you can create that organization. Yeah, it's so funny. I was just with a client today and, you know, had like some great spaces, but it was like kind of when you walk in from the garage, there were some cubbies for the kids and there was a laundry room right there. And then there was a planning desk, not that far. So for her, it's just, where do the kids hang their coats up? Where do we put the bags? What are, where do we want to take the papers from the school bags so that we have a spot on the planning desk so that you know, I know that I have to sign the field trip paper and, you know, lunch money's due or whatever. We have to donate to a class gift or something like that. The birthday party invitation. So it's really, it depends on every family because every house is different, how much space you have for all of that. But it's really like one of the things we try to do is when we meet with someone is understand kind of how they use their spaces, right? And it's like, so it really comes down to understanding each individual circumstance and kind of creating what will work best for them. So, you know, sometimes we add baskets to a certain area so that when the kids come home, make sure they take their hats and their gloves and they put it there and, you know, some hooks to hang things. Some people do stuff in the garage, you know. So again, it's really like it's up to each family, but it's really our job to help create the best system for them. And this popped into my mind when you were speaking about just creating systems. Um, I feel as though there's like lots of trends on social media, specifically I'm thinking of TikTok, which I'm not on it at the moment. I gave it up for Lent, which is when we're recording this. And I actually feel a heck of a lot better. Um, But I will say they have these like organization videos and I don't know if you've seen them. Maybe they've made their way to Instagram too because I know you're active on there. Mm -hmm. Um, They're like these – everything is – has its own place, which it's like very aesthetically pleasing. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I feel like they like overly organize things to the point where even a little tiny – I don't even know, like a tiny square of something, like we'll have a tiny little box inside of another box, inside of another box. Right. And then I'm like, well, that's just like even more clutter to create organization of the clutter. So I guess what are your thoughts on almost going too far and being kind of like a little bit obsessive about the organization? And like, I think there are certainly so many benefits to having clear baskets, bins, and things to see everything because I have Mm -hmm. a lot of those in my home. But sometimes I do think in the world of social media, some people go to the extreme and then it's almost like just consumerism, like finding things to fill the boxes that they buy to create the organization. So therefore then they have more things. Absolutely. So I think to really answer, because that is such a great question. So what I would say is, again, it comes down to each individual person. So I'm going to use a pantry, for example. I have some clients who want lots of things decanted. And so like they like to put all their cereals in cereal containers and they like to put, you know, rolled oats in a container and then they want all the snack bars in certain separate containers. And that's fabulous. And I mean, and it creates a beautiful look, a 
beautiful picture on Instagram. I'm always excited about those. But the first thing we do when we're meeting with someone is to get a feel for, okay, that may look fabulous, but if they're not going to be the type of person that when they come home from Costco, they're going to take the Cheerios and put it in the cereal bin, then that's an awful idea. Like it doesn't matter that it looks nice because they're never going to maintain it. So we would not recommend that then. And so you really have to get a feel for, okay, how much are you going to maintain? Because for some clients, you know, and again, like those of you with little kids and you have all the snacks and stuff like that, you know, there's lots of different ways to store snacks. I have a lot of clients who are very happy to have a really nice, cool basket on the floor so that when you get home from Costco, you take all those little goldfish bags and you dump them in the basket and you take all the whatever and you dump it in the basket. And that may work great. It's hidden, so you don't see it. And it's easy to get at. And it doesn't require a tremendous amount of maintenance. So it really does depend on the individual how far you want to take it. Because it's not just about the look. It's really about being able to maintain it moving forward. That is a great answer because I was just thinking about how when you were describing the pantry with like the clear canisters of oats and things like that, that's my pantry um, because I need to see things. I don't know why. It's just I've always been that way. But not everything is like pulled out, you know, like like the kids' snacks, I could throw them in a little clear bin, but I'm not sitting there buying, you know, um, like a lazy Susan of and then having mason jars and then they spin it and then they get their snack out. Like I've seen right. so many different things and I think those work great for probably other people, but I right. I wouldn't have the energy to to refill those all the time. I just needed to throw it in a clear bin. So I do agree with you right. that it kind of, it is individual, but it's also like, what are you willing to work at? Because it is work to be organized, but really it's kind of the upfront work that's hard. And then it's really a breeze once you kind of do the work and the organizing and you create the systems Absolutely. with the professional, but really it's getting started. So, Right. Because once you set up the system, then what you just remind the clients is, okay, what you need to do is when you get home from Costco, take the 10 minutes to get all the stuff out of those big boxes. Because what a lot of people will do is just take the big box of the fruit snacks and throw it in the pantry. Well, then when you have three bags of fruit snacks left and you have still a big box of fruit snacks, you know, besides it doesn't look good, it also just is not an efficient way of keeping space either. So it's just, it's kind of training yourself once you have a system set in place to go, okay, I can maintain this. But it is about understanding the person up front to know how far you need to take the systems because it's got to work for them. I would love to get your thoughts on closets now that we've covered basements, pantries, <laughs> you know, drop zones in um, mudrooms, essentially. Yeah. Okay. So closets are always interesting. I am a minimalist and I have like a, a staple kind of like um, I have a capsule wardrobe that I've, that I'm in the process of creating. So I got rid of everything. And so my, my closet's very bare and I kind of love it. Wow. I am adding to it, but um. What are, What is your advice for people, especially, I mean, I have a lot of moms that listen to this. Mm -hmm. You're in the middle of keeping your postpartum clothes. You're keeping your pregnancy clothes. You don't know if you're done having kids. Um, you want to stay organized, but you eventually just like everything is disorganized. That's where I found myself. And then I just like donated everything really. Yeah. 
Um, what advice do you have for people? And it doesn't have to just be moms going through that transition, but maybe they just have clothes from different seasons of their life, their lives, and they don't really know when they're going to wear them again, or if they will, like, how do the, how do you help clients in that space? Because clothes are expensive and you, and if you, especially yeah. if you invest in them, nice pieces, you don't want to get rid of them just because you think you might not need them again. Yeah. So Again, a lot of times with closets, it comes down a bit to how big the closet is. Because some people really can only keep the season that they're in, in their closet. Other people can keep a lot of stuff in their closet. Um, But I would say you still want to keep things that you know you're going to wear. So if you're saving the pregnancy clothes because you think you may have another baby, they don't need to be left in the closet anymore. Those can be packed away. And then if you happen to get pregnant again, then you bring those out. Um, You know, I have clients who keep maybe multiple sizes. And one of the things that we talk about with clients is, you know, and not that that's a bad thing, but it's a little bit of looking at it and saying, okay, if you do get back to that size you were before, really look at those clothes and think, are those the clothes I'm going to want to wear if I get back down to that size? And a lot of times it's not because you get to that size again, you're like, well, I want to go buy a whole new wardrobe or I really want to, you know, reward myself or whatever. So, you know, it's a little bit of thinking like that. Um, You know, sometimes if it's, you know, you have a lot of dressy clothes, but you're not really going as many places anymore that where you get really dressed up, well, maybe those can go into a different spot of the house so that, you know, your closet is really full of the things that you wear on a regular basis that make you feel good. You know, you don't, you just, you don't want to keep things in your closet that don't make you feel good wearing. You know, if if you don't like how you look in it anymore, it's probably time to get rid of it. That's great advice because I think a lot of people kind of hang on to those, the skinny jeans, not the actual literal skinny jeans as millennials mm-hmm. <laughs> have in their closets, I'm sure, or are still wearing, but just the the jeans that you fit into like six years ago and you just, yeah. your body has changed. So I talk a lot about body image on this podcast and I just, I think you just, you just hit, struck a nerve with me because it's, it's time to move on from yeah. keeping those jeans in the closet, regardless of whether or not you could actually fit into them one day, but just accepting the fact that your body is meant to change and it probably will change, you know, every few years for the rest of your life. Yep. Yep. In the same vein of talking about moms, because I am a mom, you're a mom. Do you have yeah. any advice for people with young kids, um, you know, working moms trying to be more present with their kids? but they're trying to clean up messes 24-7. How do we create kind of serene systems in our homes to feel like we're taking care of things, but we're also being present with our children? Wow, that is a great question. And I would say when my kids were little, I was not great about that. And um, I would say, don't be so hard on yourselves and really work at appreciating how fast time goes with kids. Like now that I'm on this other end of it. And I, I remember being that frazzled young mom and, you know, the older mom would make comments about, Oh, you're going to miss this one day. You know, time goes by so fast. And I remember thinking, Oh, please, this is not possible. It's going to take forever. And I felt like if I looked back and I, not that this was exactly what you were asking me, but like, when I think about being a young mom and now at this stage, 
I wish I wouldn't have wished so much time away, you know, because it really does go by fast. And yes, having systems in place and, you know, I work with tons of moms and we really do come in and we help them and all of that. But I would also say, you know, enjoy the time you have and be present, like you said, and because um, it goes by fast. It really does. And so give yourself grace because believe me, at the end of the day, the kids aren't going to remember that your living room was full of toys. They're going to remember when you built the fort the one day and you slept in it. Like that's what they remember. So don't go so far to feeling like everything has to be perfect in your house because it doesn't, because that isn't what kids remember. It makes you having systems help life be easier for you as a mom. But um, I just, yeah, I, that is such a great question. And it's crazy because time does go by so fast. I can't believe like I'm almost done with it. Like I can't believe my youngest is going off to college. So I know enjoy everyone, the time. Yeah. Everyone always says that. Um, and I, and I actually believe it because I've witnessed firsthand the, the emotions that come up when people talk about that time in their lives. Like it was like the best time, but also yeah. the most chaotic, crazy time. And I can yes. attest to that because I'm in it. But I think yeah. Nowadays, like we have our phones, right? And they're such a distraction. So something that's helped me is I just, I try to keep my phone away from me when I'm with my children as much as I can so that they are my priority. That's amazing. Yes. So I think that's, I mean, that could also be a system, right? It's not an organizational yep. system, but there is a zone in my house, which is like a counter or somewhere that is like a place where obviously my kids can't reach it. So they can't grab it and want to play with it but somewhere that is just like out of sight, out of mind. So I guess that's my one tip for the moms listening is yes. in today's age, we have these cell phones and we're always connected, but really like just out of sight, out of mind. And also just remember, you don't have to take photos of everything. Like I'm the biggest no. photo person, video person ever, but I don't feel the need to have my phone glued to my hand and just recording their whole lives. Like I really don't. And I actually find that the moments I don't record are the ones that I really hold dear. So that's yeah, just that's something I've learned. Too. No, I think that's great advice. Well, thank you. I have really enjoyed our conversation. I know we don't have much time left, but um, I wanted to ask you before we ended something that I ask every single guest, and I'm sure you can guess if you if you've listened to this podcast before. Um, what does living a life well lived mean to you? So I would say for me, I think a life well lived is feeling that I am using my God-given abilities to help others, to be a good mom, to be the best wife I can be, to be a great friend and a daughter, just making the most of what God has blessed me with is to me a life well lived. Yeah. You're serving so many people in, in every area of your life, between your family, mm -hmm. your business, your community. Um, and serving those who are listening to this podcast because you're giving them information, you know, free of charge, just out of the goodness of your heart to share this wealth of knowledge that you've accumulated over the years. And I think that that is also something that's really special that people don't appreciate is, you know, in today's age, we can basically charge for anything and you're willingly giving out this awesome content for, for nothing. And I, and hopefully you get some business from it, but I'm sure if not, you're still going to be thankful that you had the opportunity to share your, your story and, and your tips. So I really appreciate Absolutely. you coming on. 
Oh, I'm so thankful that you had me. It was great talking to you. And yeah, there's just, it's like I said, I really do love this business and it's just, it's different every day. People are different, uh, the circumstances and it can make a huge difference. There's a lot of people who are just so overwhelmed in their homes and feel like they don't know where to start and having someone come in can make a huge difference in their lives. It certainly can. And where can people reach out to you and, and connect with you if they if they want to work with you in the future? Yeah. So um, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Serenity at Home Detroit. And then our website is serenityathome.org. Juliana, thank you so much for being here today. And I'm I'm just so blessed to be able to learn from you, especially as a business owner and as a as a mom on the other side of of raising kids. So it's just been so awesome to hear your perspective. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was great. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Kayla underscore underscore Brandon. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.